Welcome to the Messiah Podcast. We are so glad you tuned in today. Whether you are driving, doing chores, or taking a walk, we hope the Lord quiets your head and your heart to hear truth and be challenged through His Word. Without further ado, let's dive into the message. Good morning. Great to see all of you here. Uh, Grab a Bible, would you? Start turning over to John chapter 5. We're starting a new series on something that's very dear to Jesus' heart, very close to His heart. And uh, we're going to unpack it over these next, uh, maybe initially four weeks, but I just have a sneaky suspicion this is going to go on uh, after that. Jesus spent a lot of his time healing. He spent a lot of his time restoring what was. And if Jesus spent that much time in ministry healing people, I mean, why was he teaching and healing? He was always teaching. You can hardly turn in the New Testament You can't go very far to find a miracle about what Jesus was doing as he was healing. And why was he doing that? I mean, it it makes you just stop and kind of wonder, like, why was Jesus spending all this time doing this? Why was that so important to him? Why did he take so much time? And it didn't matter how tired he was. It didn't matter how busy he was. It didn't matter. He just took the time to heal people. What is this thing about being healthy? What is it about being whole? What is it about, about... Jesus, that this was so important to him, and I don't think I've ever really looked at it quite as deeply as I'm looking at it now, and it's fascinating, and I, and I want to carry you along on this journey, because I think it's going to be an amazing thing for us, and I think we're going to have the chance, this is kind of where the whole series is going to be going, is for us to get healthy, the way that God designed us to be healthy, and it doesn't just happen, we're going to see miracles of it just happening, but it doesn't just always happen in our lives. See, let me, let me ask you a simple question. I mean, how are you? Really, how are you? Because you know what? I think a lot of us will say, fine, right? Well, if you like the Italian job, I went up and I looked at that clip again because I like the Italian job. The movie came out many years ago. And he said, I'm fine. Mark Wahlberg said, I'm fine. He said, you know what that means, don't you? Freaked out, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. (laughs) That's what we mean by fine. See, on the surface, we're fine. I mean, it happens. It even happened this morning. Lots of people, how's Ed this morning? You know, how are you doing? We always like that question. How are you doing? How are we doing? And maybe if you're 80% good, you're probably fine. That's kind of how we think about it. But are we really doing well? Are we really And this might sound similar to not that long ago when we looked at Mark and we looked at this story, but we're going to look at it again, but we're going to to springboard and we're going to look at this each week. And I'm going to encourage you, come along for the ride because it's going to be an amazing ride. It's going to be a hard ride. It's not going to be an easy ride, but it's going to be worth every bit of time that we spend on this. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. Uh, One hobby that I have is I like to restore boats. I I just, in my life, I like to restore things. My whole life, I've liked to restore things. And golly, maybe that's why I'm in ministry, because it's always restorative. It's, It's helping people get back to what God had designed it. So here's what I mean by fine. Take a look at this first picture. Now, you'd probably look at it and say, that boat is fine. A little dirty, needs a little cleaning up, right? All right, let's, uh, let's go under the deck and see what it's really like. Here's what it really looks like. There you go. Now, if you looked at that first picture, you'd go, it's fine. 
that's my life. It's fine. A little dirty, you know, a little messed up, you know, but hey, hey, for the I'm good. Can we go down a deck? Can we go below in your life? What are you afraid of? Let's talk about fear, anxiety. Let's talk about weight. Let's talk about eating or eating disorders, purging. Let's talk about um, what do you do when you numb out? Do you go to alcohol? Do you go to drugs? Do you go to the mall? Do you, or not the mall, Amazon, no, you just sit at home. Do you, do you gamble? That's frightening to me that all this thing, you can gamble from your phone now, that's incredible. That's incredible. You know how many people are going to be messed up? Royally messed up? Because our nature is to always grab things that are not good. And it's always hard to get back to the way that God designed us. Let's go back to the Garden of Eden. God creates everything, right? He creates man, creates Adam and Eve. And this is what God says. It's very good. And then said, if you eat the fruit, you're going to die. They didn't know what that meant. They ate the fruit. Did they keel over dead? No. What's the first thing they did? Ran and hid. Fear. Immediately, fear. Oh my goodness, we're naked. Now they're anxious, like, whoa. I mean, it's not like, who's going to see them? It's just Adam and Eve. Who's going to see them? But now all of a sudden they were aware of, we have a need that we never knew we had before. How do we meet the need? So let's sow some leaves together. And then they hide. And God calls them out. And they blame. So let's go from which love do you want to talk about? Relationally, it just got blown up. You want to talk about the relationship with God? Just got blown up. Now they got to work the ground, but it's going to produce thorns and thistles. Now life is all of a sudden going to get hard. Childbearing, it's going to get painful. Life is going to get hard. And all of a sudden, this very good thing, all of a sudden, just literally died. So we're living in a broken world, and we're broken people. And the church is like a hospital. It has to be a hospital. Not a club for good people. It's a hospital for sinners. That's why we all belong here. You know, just walk through the hospital. Some people, it's obvious why they're there. Some people, you don't know why they're there. Because they've got something raging in their body that they know nothing about, like cancer. See, but all of us are broken and there's something in our lives and there's something that we're battling and we're always striving. We always have to strive to go to where God wanted us to go. And it's hard. It's so easy to hold a grudge. It's hard to forgive. It's easy to hate someone. It's hard to love them. It's hard to be nice when somebody's not nice to you. It's easy to do the wrong thing and our first thought, we've talked about this in the past, our first thought is always the wrong thought. It's the second thought that matters that we say, no, wait a minute, that's not what God wants me to do. Not what I want to do, but what God wants me to do. Why? Because we're so broken, we're so messed up. I mean, we're just like that rotted out boat. That's how we are. That's just life. Okay, so with that all in mind, let's look at John for a minute. So John chapter 5, verse 1. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem, near the Sheep Gate, a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, and the paralyzed. One who was there had been in at 
an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? We're gonna, this is going to be our benchmark. Every week we're going to start here. Do you want to get well? Do you really want to get well? It's going to require some soul searching. In RF, last month we did do a moral inventory. That means let's look at where we are right now. Where are you right now? How are you doing right now? I mean, really, how are you doing? Be behind, below the surface that nobody knows anything about. How are you doing? Why do we hate going to the doctor's office so much? Because that blasted scale. First thing you do when you walk in, get on scale. I don't want to get on scale. Get on scale. I want to know where you are right now. I hate that scale. Why? Because it's honest. <laughs> right? Because it always tells me the truth about how I'm doing in one area of my life. And that's why I hate it so much. Because, like, why do you have to be so honest? Why can't you lie? Why can't you just lower the numbers? You know, hold on to something. Oh, look, I'm 20 pounds lighter. You know, wouldn't that be wonderful? But it's not that way. All right, now, do you want to get well? That's my question for you. Every week I'm going to ask you, do you want to get well? Because this is why people came to Jesus, they weren't well. So now start turning over. Turn to Matthew 9. We're going to start there, and we're going to read just one story. It's a short story. Matthew 9, and I want you to find verse 20. So contextually, Jesus is on the way to um, a little girl had died. And Jesus was on her way, and he was actually going to raise her back to life. And while he's on the way, he meets this woman who comes to him. Verse 20. Uh, verse 20. Just then a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. She said to herself, if I only touch his cloak, I will be healed. Jesus turned and saw her. Take heart, daughter. He said, your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed at that moment. That's a pretty simple story. Um, we're going we're gonna to go deeper in that story. Turn to Luke 8. Same story, but we're going to go deeper. So this woman has been bleeding for 12 years. Can you imagine what that would be like? to be bleeding for 12 years? See, in the Old Testament, which remember, Jesus didn't die and rise yet to put us kind of in that new era of grace by faith. They were still under the law. And when you have a discharge, when women are bleeding, says the law, and it's not your cycle, you are considered unclean until the bleeding stops. What does that mean? Um, it means a number of things, because there's a lot of ways you can become unclean. And then you would be unclean, like if you um, touched a, a body of a dead person, you would be unclean till the evening. And then you had to wash, take a bath, uh, and then you were ceremonially clean. But if you were unclean, you couldn't go to the temple of God because you were considered unclean. If you were considered unclean, 
then everything you touch had to be washed. And God was specific. Your bedding has to be washed every day while you're, while you're unclean. Now imagine the washing machines. You've got to wash your linens every day. You've got to wash your clothes every day. You touch a clay pot. You've got to break the pot because it can hold germs. It's now unclean. Everything you touch, got to be washed. Every light switch, got to wash. You're, so you're living in this way. And God says when you're in a state of uncleanness, you probably want to isolate yourself from others because everything, everybody in the house is now unclean. So there's a, there's a spiritual aspect to even our physical ailments. Around, two, uh, around 1900, they were separated out into the physical and the spiritual. And now you have pastors and clergy who are chaplains and you have hospitals treating the body. We've separated them out, but really even God has said these are together. And it was actually the priest that they would go to for a physical ailment and the priest would work with you in terms of your ailment. See, all that has now changed today and we have a whole different healthcare system. So this woman for 12 years has been struggling, not just with her body, but she's struggling because she spent everything she had on doctors. She has no money left. She's broke. Doctors took her money, but she never got healed. She's unclean. She can't go to the temple. Imagine what you're thinking. God doesn't care about me. God's abandoned me. God, you know, why does this happen to me? You know, God must not love me anymore. So imagine what you're going through. Like, why won't, why can't I get healed? And so she makes the journey and says, I'm going to go to Jesus. All right, let's see how that goes. So Luke chapter 8. Um, now we're going to be in jump, jump to verse 43, like right before verse 33, 43. As Jesus was on his way, the crowd almost crushed him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me, Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. Jesus said, Someone touched me. I know that power has gone out for me. All right, can you put yourself in a story for a minute? Imagine being that woman. It doesn't matter if you're a guy or a woman. Just put yourself in the story. Like, you know, if only I touch him, if only, then I know I'll be healed. Her trust was in Jesus that she didn't even have to touch him, but why didn't she want to even touch him? Because according to unclean, if I touch him, he's unclean. So if I just touch his cloak, and nobody will know that if I touch his cloak, then maybe we're okay, and I didn't make him unclean. So if I just touch his cloak, then maybe I can be healed. So she touches his cloak. And immediately she knows she's healed. She feels it. And she kind of like, you know, like just backs off and lets the crowds go. And all of a sudden Jesus stops. Who touched me? Who touched me? What, what's going on in her? If you, were, if you were her, you're like cowering. Like, oh no. Oh no. This isn't good. And everybody's, and then is it Peter comes up and says, you know, hey, Jesus, look at all these people, they're crowding around you. No, 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 no. I know. One of you touched me. One of you touched me. Who was it? 
I don't know about you, I'd be petrified. I, that's how I would feel. I, I'd be petrified. Is he going to be mad at me? Is he going to be angry with me? I mean, Jesus was God, the most pure person. Did I just make him unclean? Now I'm petrified. I'm about to be called out for this. It was the opposite. See, this is the cool thing about God. He wanted to embrace her. He wanted to love her. He didn't shy away from her uncleanness. He actually wanted to approach it. In our uncleanness, God doesn't turn his face and say, you're too dirty, I can't be around you. He actually steps into it and says, let's make you better. And why, why are we so scared? Because, wow, God, you're going to peel the layers back and you're going to see me just like that scare. You're going to see that I'm really messed up. And God knows. And he steps into our uncleanness. He steps into our brokenness. He steps into our fears, our anxieties, our addictions, our problems. He steps into it because of love, not judgment. He was not judging her. He was loving her. Then the woman, seeing that she couldn't go unnoticed. I mean, what's going on there? If she's an anxious woman already, what just happened? She just went through the roof. If you had a blood pressure cuff on her, man, her anxiety must, her blood pressure must have gone over 200, like instantly, like I'm about to be called out in front of everybody. How would you like your sins on public display? How would you like your uncleanness on public display? So, seeing that she couldn't go unnoticed, she came trembling, trembling. She's shaking. She's so scared, she's shaking. She's now healed, but she's shaking. And she falls at his feet. And we don't know what she said, but I'm guessing she fell at his feet. I'm sorry, I'm so sorry, I shouldn't have touched you. I shouldn't have done this. I was wrong, I, I, I'm sorry, I didn't know what to do. Can't you hear this? Wouldn't, that's what I'd be saying. I'm so sorry, Jesus, I did this to you. And she was just a wreck. In the presence of, don't miss this, all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. As soon as she said, I've been bleeding for 12 years, trust me, every Jewish person would have gone, They'd have gasped. And they'd all be like, did she touch me? Did she touch me? You know, it's like having a cooties when you were in junior high. Remember that? Ooh, you got the cooties, you know? I mean, all of a sudden, you would have been like, you know, she's unclean. Isn't that, this, this is what's crazy. Everybody judged her immediately. Everyone would have judged her. You're unclean. How dare you come into public? I mean, it would be like having COVID. You know you have COVID. There's no vaccine. You've got COVID. And you just walk right through the crowd. The crowd, and everybody you touch is getting COVID. And you're on your way to meet Jesus. And you touch Jesus' cloak and say, if I just touch him, I'll get cured from COVID. 
in the meantime, how many people did you just infect? Okay, I think we can relate to this. How would you feel if all of a sudden, you know, it's back in the fall and somebody comes in and then she announces, I have COVID, whew, you know? I, I don't know about you, everybody would have backed off and said, shame on you. You should be quarantining. Shame on you. That's our human nature. Judge uncleanness. Judge a problem. Judge someone else's uncleanness, whatever it is. And in front of everybody, you want to talk public humiliation. She just told everybody, I'm unclean. For all to see. Is that your worst nightmare? How would you like all your sins to be publicly known? Would you like that? Wouldn't you be petrified of that? Wouldn't you just be like humiliated? It'd be agonizing. And this woman was called out publicly. But watch what happens. Then he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Don't miss the peace. Do you hear judgment? No. I hear love. Your faith has healed you. You're not unclean anymore. God made her clean. God not only healed her, but he has a way of giving peace. That's why Jesus said, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives. And Jesus offers peace. Not judgment. Not anger. Not hatred. God doesn't shy away. He approaches our, our unhealth. He approaches our uncleanness. And why did Jesus do this? Because he wanted to restore her. Not only restore her body, but restore her spirit, restore her relationship with God, because she could have left, if she would have left and not heard from Jesus, she would never really know if God was still angry with her. Maybe God was mad that she went to Jesus and she touched him. She wouldn't have known. But Jesus embraced her lovingly and offered her peace. See, how are you? See, oftentimes we want the peace, but not necessarily the journey to peace. Oftentimes we want the health, but we don't want the journey to health. We want the easy out, but we don't want the work in order to get there. But God says, you know what? Let's do kind of what, I mean, here be the model. In front of all the people, and I'm not saying we do this in front of everybody, she was honest. She was honest about her bleeding for 12 years. She was honest. She was honest to God. God, I messed up. God, my life is a wreck. God, I'm anxious. I'm afraid. God, I don't believe you're hearing me. God, I have an eating disorder. God, 
I have this disorder. God, I have this addiction. God, I'm dealing with it wrongly. God, I'm holding a grudge. Be honest with God. He won't judge you. But he will not leave you there. God will never leave you there when you say, here's my unhealth. God says, okay. Now we can do something about it. And as you work with God, and this is why it's going to be fun, this journey. We're going to work through this together. And the other side of that is health. It's wellness. It's holistic. It's peace. And I think all of us, that's what we're looking for in life. Is we want to know that we're right with God and we can walk away with peace. So I hope you'll join me on this journey. Now, remember a few weeks ago, I encouraged you to read through the book of Proverbs. Day, today's day 21. You should be on Proverbs 21 at least. See, that was setting the stage a few weeks ago. Let's start getting healthy. So if you haven't done so already, I'm going to encourage you to go home and start reading the book of Proverbs. Let's start getting our faith on track. And the book of Proverbs is a great book to become wise according to what God says. So if you haven't started, start reading one chapter a day and start your journey to wellness with God in the scriptures. All right, let's pray. Lord, this was an amazing little story about this woman that we're going to get to meet someday because she's going to impact our lives. And God, thank you that you loved her. And it encourages all of us that no matter how messed up we are, you're going to love us, not judge us. Boy, God, we need some help because so often we judge. Help us not to judge, but love. Help us to be a church that thrives on loving every person for who they are, messed up in all these different ways. Father, help us to be a hospital for sinners that they can come in and know that they're loved, not judged. That we don't gasp at a person's sins. We step in and we embrace and we love. God, thank you for who you're calling us to be and thank you for the journey that we're on, this journey to wellness. So bless our journey, God, as we walk with you and we get healthy. We ask this in Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Thank you for tuning in today. We hope you are challenged and encouraged to walk in truth in your everyday. Please share with friends and family, and we can't wait to have you next time on the Messiah Podcast.